I'd say one of the best things that any teenager can do if they're preparing for a talk in a class or something or, you know, leadership or otherwise is to practice and prepare. So think about it like a test. You know, if you had to go into a, to, to a class right now to take a test and you hadn't studied, you hadn't prepared, you hadn't, you hadn't reviewed or anything, you just show up, like you're probably going to feel stressed. You're probably going to feel nervous. You're probably going to feel worried and anxious, right? But if you study, you've done the work, you've prepared, you go in there and maybe you still feel some of those butterflies, but you also feel a lot more confident and comfortable. Just like, yeah, I got this. This is going to be good. Like I'm, I'm, I've prepared, I've done the work. Hi, this is Shlomo Sosin, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies on how you as a teenage kid can overcome certain adversity in your life. Before I continue with this podcast episode, I have a brand new ebook. It's called The 52 Tips I Wish I Knew I Was in High School. These are tips I have compiled based off of my own experiences in my life. I touch base on a lot of topics that teens are struggling with nowadays. Bullying, mental health, anxiety, depression, relationship issues, Go ahead, click in the link in the description after you listen to this podcast episode. Trust me, if you spend the next 30 minutes to an hour just reading this 20-page ebook, implement one of these tips every single month, your life will be completely different in a more positive way. If you have a friend that's in this funk, go ahead, share the Teenage Impact Podcast with them because it is the best podcast out there for any teenage kid to listen to. I've, I'm interviewing over 30 people on their life stories as a teenager, how they overcame it, and how you can overcome your struggles as well. Today's podcast guest is Grant Baldwin. Grant is a speaker, entrepreneur, podcaster, and author. He is the host of the famous podcast, The Speaker Lab, as well as How Did You Get Into That? He has spoken to thousands and thousands of people around the country and has got paid tons of money doing so. He helps other entrepreneurs and speakers get paid to speak professionally. And today's podcast episode is going to be about how high school teens can become either professional speakers or if they don't want to become professional speakers, how they can get over the fear of public speaking and how public speaking can help grow their confidence in other areas of their life. So give it up for Grant Baldwin. Hi, Grant. Thank you so much for being on the Teenage Impact Podcast. It's my pl- uh, really my pleasure. I've been listening to your podcast on how to become a better public speaker and how to get paid to be a speaker uh, for the longest time. And some of your podcasts are really, really beneficial. And I know this podcast episode will help especially teenage kids because I know for a fact that adults are not the only ones who are afraid of public speaking. When you're giving presentations in high school, you're afraid as well. So thank you so much for being on here. Shalom, my man. Thanks for letting me hang out with you. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. We all know you as this public speaker giving thousands of presentations around the country, has a podcast, was a youth pastor before. But I want to hear about you as a teenager, how were you like and what's your story? Because everyone has a story. Yeah. So uh, I was really involved in my local church uh, as a, as a, as a teenager and had a, a lot of great friends there. And my youth pastor really had a big impact in my life and, and was a phenomenal speaker. And that really influenced a lot of what I ended up doing later. I went to Bible college and then was a, worked at a different church as a youth pastor and had a lot of opportunities to speak. But as a youth, like 
like those are really formidable years for me in, in that because my youth pastor had such, such an impact on me, um, it was a big part of what I wanted to do in the future in terms of just helping students and helping youth. So uh, that was my world for many, many years, not only as a, as a youth pastor, but also as a speaker, speaking primarily to high school uh, students and college students and middle school students. And it was an incredibly rewarding work. So I don't, I think uh, overall I had, um, I would say I had a pretty decent teenage years. Uh, the highlight of it was I met my high school sweetheart and we're still together today. We've been together for 23 years, married 18. Uh, we have three beautiful daughters. So that was by far the best thing to come out of my, my teenage years uh, was that. My parents got divorced when I was um, like the summer between my eighth grade and, and freshman year of high school. You know, that had its uh, certainly its, its low points. But for the most part, like, I don't know, high school was pretty smooth for me. I had felt like I was pretty clear on what I wanted to do. I came from a big high school. There's about 2000 students there, but was fairly involved and popular and, and had a lot of good friends there. So all in all, I would say like, you know, teenage years weren't perfect, but they weren't, you know, they, they weren't certainly the, the trouble that, that they are for some people. Mm -hmm. And how did your parents' uh, divorce affect you? Yeah, it definitely had a big effect on me. At the time, I didn't really know any, like none of my friends' parents were divorced. And I don't know if it was the type of thing that, I don't think it was necessarily less common then, but uh, I think it was something that happened with some students. I just, I just didn't know anybody uh, whose parents were divorced. So you kind of felt like, I felt like I was alone, felt like I was kind of on an island there. One of those things that I didn't really feel like I had anyone to, to talk about, uh, something I was kind of embarrassed about. It was definitely difficult and, and tough. And But at the same time, I came to later realize that it was a good opportunity for me to be able to help other students. So when I was speaking and I would talk about um, you know, my parents divorced as a teenager, uh, I would have, uh, you know, st students come up who would say, Hey, I, you know, I just found out my parents are getting a divorce or, um, or my dad just left or whatever it may be. And I have great relationship with both my parents today, but in the thick of it, yeah, it's a, you know, a crappy situation. So I think you just kind of, you kind of do your best at the moment with what you've got. And, um, and it was cool. It's been cool to see, you know, later how I was able to use that to help and influence other students going through something similar. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of Instagram messages from uh, teenagers whose parents are going through a divorce or their parents are having some kind of trouble. What do you usually tell those kids who come up to you? Yeah. So one of the things I would, I would say is like, it's, it's a season, meaning that if you think about just the seasons of weather, for example, depending on where you live in the world, typically there are four seasons and, and uh, some of them are better than others. You know, like I enjoy spring and fall, winter, depending on what part of the country you're in can be kind of miserable. But, you know, at the time of this recording, we're in the thick of winter and it's, it's, uh, it's not ideal, but I also know it's not permanent. And it'll it'll pass, and spring comes, and it'll be better. And uh, I I think of it a lot of that way. That when things like that happen, things that are outside of your control, things that you had nothing to do with, things that are not your fault, um, it sucks in the moment. Like there's nothing, there's no doubt about that. But knowing that it helps, uh, I think helps build gratitude in some ways. It helps you build perseverance in some ways, and helps you realize that that you know, even like, even so my, even though my parents got a divorce, I knew that like I had great parents who meant a lot to me, who still mean a lot to me, very close with both of them. And, you know, even though it sucks, it's, it's part of life. And, and I mean, candidly, I don't know that I'd, I'd go back and do much different or change much about it. You know, um, like you just, I think you just, you adjust, you figure it out, it becomes your kind of your new normal. Now you're moving on into college. You go to a Bible college, correct? Uh-huh. Yep. 
and your goal is to become a youth pastor. Did you do any public speaking in high school? Uh, a little bit, not a ton. So like, a, you know, maybe a class here or there, like a public speaking class or like a, maybe like a speech and debate type class. Um, so a little bit, I did a little bit at church where occasionally I'd, you know, maybe teach like a Sunday school class or something. So I didn't do a ton of it, but it was definitely one of those things that really resonated with me. And one of those things I wanted to do more of, I felt like I was decent at and just ultimately want, really wanted to pursue. Like it was one of those things that I knew I was okay at and knew uh, I wanted to do more, but just wasn't quite sure how. So in fact, even in college, I worked for a guy who was a full-time speaker. And so I got to, to help him in terms of the, like the business side and help him with like uh, travel and contracts and logistics, that sort of thing. Uh, I really enjoyed that and kind of got to see a little bit behind the curtains of, you know, this is something that's possible to help and to, to, uh, to be like a, a full-time speaker in some way. So yeah, so that's kind of the, the, the path I was on uh, in terms of being a youth pastor um, and did that at a local church for a little while. What was your motivation be, behind wanting to become a youth pastor? Um, I think a big motivation was, again, my own, my own youth pastor and the impact that he had on my life. So uh, I was kind of like, man, if, if, if I can have the kind of impact uh, on others, other students' lives that he had on mine, like that's incredibly rewarding and beneficial. So he was, you know, hugely influential in my world and I wanted to be able to do the same for others. And so that would, I would say would be one of the, definitely one of the biggest, you know, influences to, toward pursuing that. What, what, what were some of the lessons he taught you along your journey? I mean, he definitely taught me a lot of, uh, about faith, about serving, about leadership, about, uh, about helping others. He was, a, he was a great leader. He was a great mentor. He was a guy that uh, I knew really believed in me, gave me opportunities to lead, and I think saw a lot of potential in myself and gave me, I think gave me a lot of confidence and well, as well that, you know, that I was, uh, I was uh, a sharp, young, bright student and had a lot of potential. And I mean, he definitely, you know, instilled some of that in me and just in terms of his, his belief in me. Why youth pastor versus just a pastor? Uh, I think, I think in large part, cause like one, I was just young. Uh, and so, you know, coming right out of Bible college and being uh, like a lead pastor or something when I was, you know, 22, uh, seemed like that would have been difficult, but it also felt like I, I, I just enjoyed students. I, I really enjoyed students. I enjoyed being a student. I enjoyed uh, even in college working with students. And so it was just a, there was never really much of a question for me. I knew that was what I really wanted to do um, because of how much I enjoyed working with students. And even, you know, uh, I, I worked at a local church, was a youth pastor, but then uh, eventually whenever I got into speaking, I knew that I wanted to keep speaking to students. So I wasn't necessarily interested in trying to speak to adults. Um, Eventually, I did more with teachers and parents and entrepreneurs and corporations and businesses and that sort of thing. But for uh, for a long time, for the majority of my speaking career, is working with students because that's you know that's what I really that's what I really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Now you're married to your high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're expecting your your wife is five months pregnant. What made you transition from youth a youth a pastor to the speaking world? Yeah. Uh, well, to clarify, she's not five months pregnant now. At least not that I know oh, no, no, no. of. She's so not five months five pregnant months at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was, um, yeah, so I'd been working um, at a local church and I was a youth pastor. And then there's nothing like bringing a, a child into the world that just causes you to question everything. And so she was pregnant um, with our first child. And uh, so it caused me to just kind of think through like, you know, what was it that I really wanted to do? Because one of the things I, I enjoyed was was speaking. And so, uh, and as a youth pastor, I had a lot of opportunities to do that. But there are also parts of the like, I didn't enjoy it. It was a kind of a stressful gig at times. And so 
yeah, really when she was pregnant, it was just kind of like, all right, is this what I want to do with the rest of my life? And if it isn't, then what would I rather be doing? Uh, and some of the best advice I got was, um, there was a, a, a conference that I went to and I was trying to just think, I was kind of thinking through like, all right, do I want to keep doing the youth pastor thing? Do I want to do something else? This kind of workshop or session that I was in, the guy said, the career that you're doing, if you don't enjoy at least 80% of it, you need to do something else. Uh, and I remember thinking like, dang, that's crazy. Like that's, you know, that's, <laughs> are there people that enjoy 80%? Like I didn't, I didn't know if like, is that even a thing? Is that even possible? But it just really resonated with me. Cause at the time I was like, I'm not doing enjoying anywhere near 80% of what I'm doing. And so I ultimately decided I wanted to, you know, do something else. But again, just wasn't, wasn't entirely sure at the time what, what that thing would be. But it was definitely a, a kind of a kick in the pants and motivation of like, all right, we're going to figure this out. We're going to do something different. I'm not sure what it is at the moment, but we'll, you know, we'll figure that part out. As you're growing as a speaker, uh, what were some of the challenges that you faced? I think the first part was just like getting started. You know, it's kind of one of those things where and that's part of the reason that we, you know, we wrote the book for students or for, for uh, those interested in speaking is that I, I enjoyed speaking, wanted to do more of it, but just had no idea where to begin. And at the time, there wasn't a lot of other people who were speaking, who were speakers, who were teaching about speaking. So I didn't feel like I had many other places that I could turn to know like, you know, what the opportunities are and, and how do you get started and how much do you charge and who hires speakers. And so I would say that was one of the biggest challenges was just trying to understand that and what the opportunities were and, and ultimately how to get started. Mm-hmm. In high school, you were pretty comfortable speaking. I mean, you wanted to become a speaker. It in- intrigued you. But a lot of high schoolers are terrified of speaking. I remember whenever I had to give a presentation, I made sure that I wasn't the one giving the presentation because I was terrified of public speaking. I was insecure about how I spoke. And I'm sure a lot of people are insecure about how they speak because when they give a presentation, they think of, oh, did I say the right things? Am I, yeah. Do I have the right tone of voice or do, am I dressed the right way? What can you do as a high school kid when you have presentations, either for leadership positions or for class to overcome that fear of public speaking? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, I would say, you know, one of the best things that you can do is, is uh, well, one, just to back up, like I know that I totally agree that it can be very intimidating. It can be very daunting. It can be very stressful, anxiety inducing. I enjoy speaking, but I know like my wife, for example, she hates the idea of public speaking. And so, you know, if she was in a, a class at school or something and had to give a speech that, you know, that would just really stress her out. But for me, it was one of those things like, yeah, I was like, you have some of those nerves and butterflies, but it was also something I, I enjoyed doing. I'd say one of the best things that any teenager can do if they're preparing for a talk in a class or something or, you know, leadership or otherwise is to practice and prepare. So think about it like a test. You know, if you had to go into a, to, to a class right now to take a test and you hadn't studied, you hadn't prepared, you hadn't, you hadn't reviewed or anything, you just show up, like you're probably going to feel stressed. You're probably going to feel nervous. You're probably going to feel worried and anxious, right? But if you study, you've done the work, you've prepared, you go in there and maybe you still feel some of those butterflies, but you also feel a lot more confident and comfortable. Just like, yeah, I got this. This is going to be good. Like I'm, I'm, I've prepared, I've done the work. And so it's very much the same way that the more that you practice, the more that you go over things, the more comfortable and confident you are going into the presentation. Again, that, that, has nothing to do with you know your ability or your skill set, um, but just all about the preparation that you put into it. So I think that's the biggest thing that any you know any speaker, any student can do in order to to really be ready and improve their their speaking skills. I've interviewed a couple motivational speakers. You know, I interviewed this one person, King Na, and uh, some people may know him, some people might not. But he's actually he had a video that went viral at nine years old, and he was speaking around the world at 
10, 11 years old, being a motivational speaker. How yeah. can a student who's driven that wants to spread a message become a speaker, whether it's motivational or maybe they yeah. buy some type of value? Because I know when I first graduated college about six years ago, uh, I was terrified, not of public speaking per se, but I wanted to provide some value, but I was afraid that adults much older than me wouldn't take me seriously. But what my mentors told me, he said, if you have some type of value to provide, yeah. then you're able to become a people uh, speaker and people are able to listen to you. So what would you tell, what tips do you have for teens or high schoolers who are trying to pursue the speaking career? Yeah, I'd say one of the best things you can do in terms of just um, of getting better as a speaker and getting more comfortable as a speaker and getting more opportunities is to look for any opportunity you can to speak. So any type of clubs, any type of organizations at school, any opportunities you have in a class, anything to lead, you know, anything like that that you have the chance to get up in front of students and speak, I would absolutely recommend that you do it. Anything at church, anything in your community, Whatever it may be, look for those opportunities to speak because the more you speak, the more comfortable and confident that you get. It's no different than anything else. The way that you become a better writer is that you write. The way that you become a better musician is that you play music. The way that you become better at playing a sport is that you play the sport, you know? So if I wanted to get better at, let's say, you know, shooting free throws, I can read about shooting free throws. I can watch YouTube videos about shooting free throws, or I can just go out and practice shooting free throws. And the same thing is true with speaking, right? So the way that you get better as a speaker is that you speak. So look for any opportunity that you can, because the other thing is that um, speaking leads to more speaking. And if you're good at what it is that you do as a speaker, then it naturally will lead to other opportunities where you know, you can speak and you have opportunities to present, you know, uh, and, and help whether that's students or whatever it may be. But there's a lot of opportunities just within like clubs and, and leadership opportunities within schools that uh, I would highly recommend that you, you get involved in, in those and uh, take advantage of those opportunities. Would you recommend doing that along with, uh, you see a lot of teen influencers on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok. Would you recommend starting with that or would you recommend kind of doing both. Yeah, I'd probably recommend doing both and doing more like locally. I think it's I, um, I think it's really easy to if you look at, you know, teen influencers and online and you think, okay, I want to do that. How do I do that? I like candidly, I think that um, it can be a bit of a waste of time. And, you know, just trying to build up this influential following when the reality is like, most, most people, teenagers included, who are trying to pursue that route, like it's not going to pan out to anything. It's not going to make anything. And I think it's probably going to be more waste of time. So I'd say actually, um, rather than trying to pursue both, I'd, I'd focus a lot more on um, local opportunities, real opportunities to speak versus like, I have a whole bunch of Instagram followers that may or may not mean anything. And how can learning public speaking in high school, whether or not you want to become a speaker, increase your confidence in other areas of your life? Yeah, I, I think there, there's definitely a, like a correlation there of whenever you speak, um, it helps you to, to gain more confidence, right? Because you're doing something that's typically outside of your comfort zone. It's outside the norm. Um, it's difficult for a lot of people. And so the more you do it, I think the more uh, the more comfortable that you can become. And it, I think it does absolutely help with your, you know, your confidence level. So again, I, I would go back to like, if you're interested in speaking at all, I'd look for any opportunity you could to speak because it helps instill some of that confidence within you. And Grant, let our, let my listeners actually get to know you. I mean, you have what, you have three daughters? 
Three daughters, my friend, me and a house full of women. It's awesome. It's the best. So <laughs> they're, uh, they're 13, 11 and nine. Like I said, my wife and I we were high school sweethearts. We, you'll appreciate this, man. You'll enjoy this. When, when we started dating in high school, uh, I was a freshman and she was a junior. Come uh, on now. What's up? Uh, so <laughs> there it is. That's right. So, so yeah, she's two years older than me and, and, um, yeah, me, me and all my women, it's the best. Oh, what type? I, I know there's a lot of high school relationships that hope to have the same story as you become high school sweethearts. Yeah. What does it take for that to happen? Oh man, that's a good question. I would say, cause I know some, like I know some high school sweethearts that don't work out and it's, it's the, it's what, what happens like in some ways, like you grow up together and you end up kind of growing apart. You just become different people. And uh, I think for us, we, one of the things I think that has worked really well for us is we don't have a ton of baggage or history that you're bringing into a relationship. Let's say that, you know, you know, you meet your significant other when you're, you know, in your thir- late twenties or thirties or something like that. at that point, like you've lived a lot of life. You're kind of set in your ways of like, this is how I do things. Maybe you've dated a bunch of people in the past that, you know, some went well, some didn't go so well. Uh, so you just kind of have some of that history and baggage. And we just, you know, we were, we were pretty young, so we didn't really have any of that. So I think that that, that helped a lot. I think because we went through a lot of life together, like I mentioned at the beginning, you know, my parents got a divorce and, and we were, we were dating, uh, when that happened and, um, her parents ended up getting a divorce and we were dating when that happened. So like we, we, uh, a lot of those like big life experiences, having experienced those together, I think really made a big impact. But I would say like to a, you know, to high school sweethearts that are dating now, like how do you make it work? Uh, I'd be really darn sure that like, this is the person that you enjoy being with, that you want to be with for the rest of your life. That it, this isn't like a, I like being around them, you know, when they're 17 and young and hot, but when they're much older and potentially not, uh, not as physically with it as they used to be. Uh, thankfully my wife is still gorgeous. Then, you know, are you still going to be interested in that person? Are you still going to like that person? Are you still going to want to be with that person? And so I'd be really aware of, of that, that you like for my wife and I, we're in it for the long haul, right? So there's no, there's no exit strategy. There's no, uh, we got to make this work. And so, so if you, if you go into it, you better, you better make sure that like that, that's the one. Grant, do you have any last tips for, Anyone who is either trying to pursue speaking is having a hard time getting over the fear of public speaking and or maybe having their parents go through a divorce and really having a hard time at school. Yeah, I would. I mean, I know sometimes like when, especially when you're young as a teenager, you feel like what's happening in that moment is your entire world. Um, and the reality is, is like, if you fast forward in time, like it becomes a blip on the radar. Like my, at the time of this recording, I'm 38 years old. Uh, my parents got a divorce uh, 23, you know, 23 years ago or so. At that moment, like it sucks. It's horrible. You know, it's, and there's, like there's not, there's really nothing great about it at all but i also look back and like okay in the scheme of things it was crappy but it also you know made me uh, a stronger person it helped helped me as an individual i think it helped my wife and i in our own marriage because we're like all right we both went through it so we know what it's like to be a kid with your parents splitting up we don't want to do that to our own kids so so there's good that has come out of that even though like it sucks in the moment so i think also just having a long term perspective that like you know what? Today may suck. You flunked a test. You broke up with your boyfriend, girlfriend, you got in a fight with mom or dad, but it's not always going to be like that, you know? And so having like that long-term perspective and the big picture perspective that it's, 
like overall in the scheme of things, like life's really good. Don't, don't be down on yourself for, you know, having a crappy day. Everybody has crappy days. I have crappy days. That's okay. That's normal. Um, but don't, don't beat yourself up over those things. It's so true because a lot of times, you know, I was bullied for 15 years of my life, uh, which is why I do what I do. But in the short term, while I was going through it, it sucked. And I had no idea I wanted to become a speaker. I had no idea yeah. I wanted to impact the youth and help build confidence. Sometimes the things that happen to us while we're in middle school, while we're in high school, are the reason that we grow up to be the reason why we do what we do later on in life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And you have no idea of like how the experiences that you have right now, how those impact and shape who you will be in the future and who, we, who you'll become and you know, what kind of work you do and what kind of impact you make on the world. Mm -hmm. And where can people find you? Yeah, everything that we do, especially for speakers, is over at thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com, uh, on social media, most everywhere. I'm at Grant Baldwin. I think on Instagram, I'm at G Baldwin. But yeah, hit, hit me up wherever. I'm, I'm happy to help however I can. And check out his podcast too. His podcast, Fire. Thanks, Extremely man. beneficial. If you're looking to become a speaker, uh, check out his podcast and his website. I got one other um, podcast that may be beneficial for you. So uh, the one that you've listened to is called um, the Speaker Lab podcast. So those interested in speaking, definitely check that out. But we also have prior to doing this one, a couple of years ago, I did a podcast called How Did You Get Into That? Where I interviewed is about 145 episodes, but I interviewed people who just had unique careers. So especially for teenagers who are trying to think through like, what do I want to do with my life? What do I want to be when I grow up? What kind of careers am I interested in? Or how do I do that? It's 145 interviews of people who just had like unique, weird careers and just asking them like how they got into that. So for example, there's a guy who was a Lego master builder, one of the top <laughs> Lego builders in the world. Like, how do you get into that? A, a lady who is a, what's called a cheesemonger, like a professional cheese expert, you know, um, a guy who's an NBA mascot, uh, one of the guys who worked for Nike designing one of the Air Jordans, you know, so some of these things are just like, that's crazy. Like, I didn't know that was a th like, I guess someone had to do it. But like, uh, <laughs> how do you how do you get into that? So uh, if, as you're trying to figure out, you know, what it is that you want to do? Um, how did you get into that podcast that would be worth checking out? Very interesting. Thank you so much, Grant. I appreciate you being on this podcast. I've been following you for quite some time now. And you know, it's, I guess, you know, I saw you online for the longest time and now I'm interviewing you and it's a pleasure, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate you letting me hang out with you, Shlomo. <laughs> Take care. Today's podcast interview was a little bit different. We didn't really touch base so much on Grant's struggle as a teenager. Yes, his parents got divorced while he was in high school. He didn't really touch base on that because he said he was fortunate enough to not really go through that many struggles and he was grateful to have a mentor as a teenage kid. We really touch base on how any high school student can overcome the fear of public speaking. Public speaking is terrifying, not only for adults, but also for teens as well. It's ranked, they, it used to be ranked the top fear in the country and in the world. Not sure if it's the top rank right now, but it's definitely up there. What teens can do to overcome the fear of public speaking is this. What they can do is they can participate in class presentations, just like how you prepare for an exam, just like how you prepare for a game and you get better and better over time. You can also prepare for presentations. If you have a presentation coming up, if you're a leader in an extracurricular activity, if you have a presentation class, volunteer as much as possible. Go ahead and prepare hours and hours and hours before that presentation. I guarantee you, you're going to be 
better off preparing for that presentation than if you just wing it. Because you don't go into an exam and wing it and expect to get an A. You don't go into a sport not practicing, winging it, expecting to win a game. Same thing goes for public speaking. If you want to become a professional public speaker as a teenage kid, don't start with trying to get money. Start by speaking in your campuses. Tony Robbins is a professional self-help guru. He was actually student body president where he would speak around campus and that's how he got really good at public speaking. Same goes if you want to be a teen public speaker. Don't expect to be an international or national public speaking speaker. Start with joining different extracurricular activities. Start by joining leadership positions in your school. Start by speaking in your school and in your community before you can expect to speak around the country. And those were some of my takeaways. You know, Grant is a really great human being. He really wants to inspire kids. He has three beautiful daughters. He was married to his high school sweetheart and really fortunate enough to interview him. I listened to all his podcasts. Hope this interview was beneficial. I've been mean to interview Grant for a long time. I've been listening to a lot of his podcasts over the last few months. And even I actually listened to some of his podcasts a couple of years ago. So hope this interview was beneficial. If you want to get over the fear of public speaking, if you're tuning in for the first time, and if you haven't done so already, please rate and review the Teenage Impact Podcast, trying to rank as high as possible so I can inspire more teens. Until next time, peace.